You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, episode number 33, At Home Edition. A listener asked me today, how are you doing with your switch now that you're recording your podcasts at home? And to be honest, my response was a knee-jerk reaction, and I instantly said, uh, it, it sucks. <laughs> like, I am not going to sugarcoat it, guys. I, it has been really weird and awful trying to establish a new recording routine here at home, especially since everyone in my family is home at the exact same time in the house. My equipment is not the best, and I am still getting used to editing the show in a different way. But the point is, the show must go on. The at-home edition of this podcast will continue to get made every single week because how can I tell you guys to continue to create your work and work on your side gig when I'm not doing the same thing? I feel like that would be ridiculously hypocritical. So I thank you in advance for putting up with the jankity sound quality and the background noise, and hopefully you are still getting all of the knowledge bombs that you came here for. So that actually segues really nicely into today's episode, which is all about setting up your ideal workday. And who would have thought that 99.9% of our days would be spent at home now and that our workday schedules would be flipped upside down and turned inside out? No one saw it coming. So I brought in the expert. I brought in an expert to talk about workday planning. My guest today is Rachel Cushup, copywriter, marketing coach, international speaker, and university professor who knows exactly what it takes to scale and launch a successful business, all the way from side gig to full-time small business. And in this episode, Rachel and I are going to talk about how to set up your ideal workday that's actually rooted in realism and not a fantasy land, and how to identify the tasks that you truly enjoy doing, and when is the best time of the day to work on them. We're also going to talk about the best tools you can use to get more done in less time and how to turn your goals into action items that you'll actually do. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Rachel is amazing. She has such great insights. So I am so pleased to introduce you to my friend from Australia, Rachel Cushup. Thank you so much to the presenting sponsor of the SideGeek Central podcast, which is Joust, the nation's first all-inclusive banking toolkit for entrepreneurs. You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, where we truly believe that your side gig has the power to change your life. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, and I'm a small business owner and side gig hustler just like you. I'm so excited to help you redefine what success looks like in today's gig economy. Listen in on honest conversations that I have with the experts and from hardworking side gig entrepreneurs just like you who are killing it with their side hustle. Learn the best strategies, tips, and tricks that have helped others pave their own way and craft their dream side gig. So if you're ready to get started, up your game and do the work, you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited that we finally made this interview happen. 
All right. Yay for everything falling into place and all working from home, which means we're way more available to chat with people around the world, I guess, at the moment. Yes, exactly. And tell the listeners where you're calling in from. Well, if you haven't guessed, I'm Australian (laughs) with my Australian (laughs) accent. Um, Yeah, so I'm calling in from Melbourne, Australia. Perfect. I love it. So that means that, Rachel, you're from the future. Uh, It is 7 p.m. Eastern time in New Jersey in the U.S. And it is, what are you, 10 a.m. the next day, Wednesday morning? Yes, that is correct, which is always fun, right? Like trying to organize time zones. I have coaching clients all around the world. And even just a minute ago, I had like time zone converter up and I had six different time zones. I was trying to match for a group coaching call and it made my brain like just explode. I was like, so I'm ahead and they're behind, but they're like behind more and they're closer to me. How, how do I work that out? <laughs> how do I even, yeah, how do I even wrap my brain around it? And I said to Rachel back in February, I want to have you on the show. And I just, every single time I tried to schedule, I was like, wait a second, she's in the future. I'm in the past. I need like a time machine. No, Zoom actually is working out really well. So yay, technology. Um, so our topic today is how to create our ideal Workday and Rachel and I came up with this topic back in February, and I literally cannot imagine a better topic for today in April 2020. I think it's so relevant, I think it's so on point. And now that basically the world, I would say 90% of the world, is now a work from home situation. So we're going to tackle um, exactly how Rachel has come up with this plan on uh, how to structure your workday. So Rachel, walk me through some of the key points that you like to teach your students on mapping out your day. Sure. Well, I use a non-scientific method, which it legit works. So hear me out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know you need to map your ideal work day people I think go to this like fake you know state where they're like oh I would be having a massage and reading a book and I would you know eat my oats that I made the morning you know the night before all this stuff no I'm talking about the real world so what I ask them to do is instead of creating a fake ideal workday to create a real one based on about two weeks worth of days. So what I get them to do is map out all the activities they do for two weeks. And the non-scientific part is that after they've done each activity or during, they need to put either a smiley face, a sad face or a meh face next to these activities. Nice. why I get them to do that is two things. One, to figure out what they enjoy doing and what they don't enjoy doing. And two, to figure out if they actually like certain activities at certain times of the day or in certain situations, but not others. So as an example, um, I love writing. And so I write all of my social media posts in the morning after I spend about an hour chatting to my coaching clients, scrolling on the gram And I'm really kind of in the mood of like active listening and ideas. And I'm like, yes, I want to talk about this. When I have to sit down and write social media captions or content at 10 o'clock at night, because I know the next day I need to be promoting something or doing something, it takes me twice as long. 
I hate it. And so in that situation, I would be putting like the saddest, saddest little face. <laughs> yes. to that. Yes. And so that's why we do it over a two week period. I say it's not scientific, but it actually is. It's on a whole bunch of psychology, but for, you know, for the purpose of that, we just do the faces and then we work out what they like doing, what they don't um, and start to go, okay, well, I like doing these activities when this happens, when this doesn't happen and we can actually dive into it more. So again, a lot of people will love say, you know, talking on a podcast such as this, but hate the prep work. And then you can say, well, I love talking on the podcast so much. I'm still going to do the prep work, but how can we make this a little bit simpler or break down these tasks? So that's how I start to help them map out their ideal workday. And it's a lot of like data. It sounds a little bit overwhelming, but just having that kind of sheet, I know lots of people do it obviously with diet plans and, um, you know, when you wanted to train for a marathon, you write how far you ran, how you felt, was it difficult, et cetera. And over time you kind of build up, you know, muscles to these things. So sometimes you have to push through other times you want to sit down and do a task. Again, we can identify and see how you're going with that. So that's how, I start to get them to think about ideal work day and then we kind of map it out and then leaving gaps in between these different tasks as well. Because again, I know there are a lot of perfectionists, a lot of, you know, doers here. I am constantly doing something. Um, but again, this ideal work day, we say, Oh, we can do 50 things. I, I can do 50 things. Sure. You probably can do 50 things for three days in a row. And then you're going to need six days on Netflix, watching Netflix, eating ice cream. So <laughs> yes. if we, want to pace ourselves it's not a you know screen it's a marathon as you hear a lot of business owners say again we start to look at well what can you actually do and how long is it really taking you to do tasks so again the human brain is not good at actually estimating how long things really take um we either over or underestimate and again i'm getting them to write down tasks that you know smiley sad face but also like time because like i said you know Social media posts when I'm in the zone, I can literally write an Insta caption the full max in less than five minutes. When you get me to do it at midnight, late at night, it can be like 20 minutes to half an hour. So probably not the best time to be to be writing them. Yeah, that is so smart. And I think for for just to, as an entrepreneur, as an early stage entrepreneur, to wrap your head around that concept, I think you are going to set yourself up not only for success, but you're going to be light years ahead of when you start putting more complex systems into your business because you've really now identified the ways in which you can work efficiently and you to your point, know exactly what you enjoy doing. Because at the end of the day, we started our side gig, we started our business to do the work that we love to do. So I think that's 100% on point. And I cannot believe that I did not have an intro in the beginning, Rachel talking about what you do. <laughs> I was like, wait, we were like halfway through. I just got so excited. I wanted to like jump right into the <laughs> interview. So Rachel, tell the audience um, if they are not already following you on Instagram or are one of your coaching clients, um, walk us through how you got to where you are today. We're working backwards. You, the time zone thing messed me up. So there we go. Yeah, let's just roll with it. I'll do a subtle segue. So great point. Well, one of the main things I actually teach is how to make a game plan. So I am like a coach, um, you know, a copywriter, international speaker and teacher. So I also teach at university. So the main things that I do if people don't know who I am is that, well, I do all the things because I'm a multi-passionate. We can 
get into that in a minute. But the main sort of online programs that I help small business owners do is to, like I said, make a game plan, um, launch a profitable signature service and create content with confidence because if you have those three things nailed exactly like you said, you've got all of the fundamentals you need to have a successful business that you can keep building on, growing, and that can support your multi-passionate lifestyle. So yeah, the way that I started out as probably more traditional, I guess, um, like most like listeners. So, um, you know, about when I was 22, so it's over 10 years ago, I had just moved to London. I was sitting in an office. I'd got what I thought I'd always wanted. You know, I was living overseas. I was a marketing manager doing all the things. And I just remember I like looked around the office. I think it was like you know, 10 a.m. on a Monday or something. And I was like, is this it? Is this all, is this all I wanted? Is this all my life's going to be now? Cause I had just gone to get a cup of coffee and my boss is like, where are you going? And then, you know, like I went to the bathroom and someone's like, Oh, and like stopped to ask me some really boring question. I was like, this is not what I signed up for again. You know, I had all these like ideas of what like being a marketing manager would look like. And I was working publishing and I love magazines. So although it was in private equity and infrastructure and stuff, not fun, but I still thought it was going to be semi-glamorous because the magazine was glossy and I was in charge of it. Yeah. It wasn't. And so in that <laughs> moment, I decided that I had to change what I wanted to do with my life, that I knew that I loved marketing. I knew I loved communications. I was very good at it, but I didn't want to be sitting in an office at a computer you know, messaging people. So we're using Skype, you know, to message people when they're across the table from me, but they didn't actually want to speak. And it was just like, why am I sitting here? And I want to go, I've done my work because I'm a fast worker. And I was like, why am I still having to pretend I'm working? So from that point, I decided that I had to build the life that I wanted. So, you know, before that leading up to being in London, I'd done what everyone had else had done. I'd worked all of the jobs. So I've been a bank teller, managed retail stores, made pizza. I can make a Hawaiian pizza in four seconds. Yes. (laughs) Pizza is my favorite food. So I personally think that was when I peaked in my career. Yes. Um, So I've done all of the jobs. I've got two university degrees, degree in journalism, a degree in business management, also got a master's in international development. So I'd done all of this kind of work and I'd got to this point And it just wasn't what I wanted. So instead I decided that I had to unchain myself from a desk. I had to embrace my like freedom, the different ways of working, the way that I wanted to do things. I had a lot of values and beliefs around marketing communications that again, didn't sort of fly with nine to five. So I just put a whole bunch of action plans in place. And so from that point in London, I kept traveling, I kept, um, working, I kept building up my skill sets, going from like basic marketing and business to training, um, to social media, not-for-profit work, um, everything, all to the point when I had so much kind of client work that I could leave my um, nine-to-five job, which I'd gone down to four days. And I did what I like to call a bridging job. So it's not like I went from nine to five communications work to suddenly, you know, these online programs that you can check out now on my website. I created a big bridging job where I did basically what I was doing in-house at that stage and what I've been doing for years. And I just did it for the same organizations, but from home. So did all of that work, got all of that money, established myself that way. And slowly over the last, um, 
it's been eight years in total, five years full-time. So I was sort of doing side hustle transitioning for three years. Then the last few years, I've really come into my own. And now I mostly do my own programs, teach around the world, teach at different universities, etc. All the things I love doing. But again, I can just do them mostly from my pajamas, which I love, or in a different spot around the world. But yeah, so it's kind of half, I suppose, half um, conventional. And you can probably see that on the side, burning was like this non-conventional approach that I eventually got to embrace fully. I, the thing I admire, first of all, I'm a, a huge admirer of your work because not only do you really show up on all of the platforms that I follow you on, but you are just so insightful and bringing the, just the realism and the, the realistic nature of what it's like to actually be in business for yourself. I think we chatted a little bit about this offline and yeah. that's kind of how we like really connected because I have really this, the same philosophy in terms of really being realistic about how long it's actually going to take you to scale your side gig into something where you can sustainably uh, keep it going and then comfortably leave your nine to five. You know, I, and again, you and I chatted about this. We see a lot of these things online, go quit your job right now, go follow me, do this and that. And it's so, it's so unrealistic, especially now in a climate like we're in right now. And so that's what I really appreciate about your message, because there's not a lot of people out there that are like, look, you got to put in the work, you got to put in the time and you have to be smart about it. So I just wanted to preface my, my next, (laughs) my next question with that, of course. So I, um, I want to talk about the tools that you really use to help your students uh, get more done, right? So we're here sitting on a Zoom call, which is great. You know, technology is working for us. So what are some tools, technology-based, even maybe uh, mindset-based that can help us really nail down what our ideal schedule is going to be like to help us move our, our side peak forward? Sure. Well, first I'll touch on mindset because I kind of mentioned it in the first question that you asked that uh, a lot of, I'm just going to single the gender out, a lot of women um, have perfectionist tendencies, myself included, and I've slowly had to let them go. So if you follow me online or if you start following me online, you'll hear me say done over perfect. And that's something that I'm saying pretty much to myself every day and to my students, clients, community, especially in this um, current climate, because when we look at what we want to get done each day, what our goals are, I always encourage people to dream big without limitations. People find that really, really hard. So it's one of the first activities I do in my coaching program. And you'd be surprised how many women go, I've never thought about that. I don't know where I want to be in 10 years time. I don't know what I want people to be saying about me, how many people I wanted to help or serve. I don't know how much money I want. So besides the sort of conventional nine to five, well, I want a job so I can eat and I want a loving family and relationships and perhaps I want children. That's it. Like it seems like we as women have never really maybe been encouraged to. And I know from nine to five and a lot of the work that I do in the the background I have in psychology and organizational behavior, like 
women aren't asked to do that nine to five. So it makes sense that when we transition and someone like me comes along and goes, Hey, what do you want to do with your life? We're all like, huh? And so I think you need to actually sit down and do that work before you even get your ideal work day. And you're like, right, this year I'm going to do this or make this much money. You've just got to think about like where you are and where you want to be. And once you do that, then you can start going, okay, well, what's stopping me? And most of us, it is perfectionist tendencies and this idea of self-worth. So most of us believe that we are not worthy in any shape or form. Um, and that comes out in different ways. Like I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of money. I'm not worthy of success. These are, these are things that I also hear, um, clients that I work with and young people too, both, um, you know, women, men, etc. A lot of young people seem to be carrying that around too. So you need to tackle these first, these mindsets. And I'm going to be honest, it might be a little bit of therapy. It might be a business coach, but there are a lot of stuff that we're all carrying around because your business is you and you are your business. So if you're afraid to show up, you're not going to get on Instagram. If you're afraid to sell and you think it's icky and you don't think you're worthy of money, you're not going to sell products and programs. You've got to do that. And then once you do that, you can actually start putting tools in place to help you with your goals. So I use Asana, the free version for an online program, you know, Zoom. There are so many things you can use to make things easier. But even before that, I think you need to work out what your goals are. What do you actually want to be focusing on? What do you want to do? And then let go of all the stuff that's not serving you or that's not going to help you achieve your goals and I don't know if you want me to get into like goal setting and goal planning, but um, yeah, like I think we need to tackle that first but again, because lots of my clients come to me and they say they want to make as an example, $10,000 a month. And I'm like, sweet, could be doable. Let, let's go for it. But then I say, well, why do you want to have $10,000? What does that mean? Then there's the mindset stuff. And then I go, okay, well, what activities do you want to do to help you get that? And then again, it all comes into all, I just want money, but I don't want to do this or I don't know how to get there. So you need to have goals that are actually smart. You've probably heard of that acronym that you can measure that are easy to implement, easy to track um, and not just do goals that someone else has told you to have. Like you see on Insta, you have to have 10, 20. Now it's like 50K months. I saw some the other day. I was like, what? Whatevs. You can, you can have a goal yeah, of crazy. like, I want to eat something more than pot noodle or to be out of my favorite <laughs> bottle of wine. But I guess just make it real right now, like tangible shit that you can <laughs> aspire to and enjoy. Not these like abstract stuff. Um, cause what does that mean? Again, that's why you can't lock it down. And then it brings up mindset hurdles. Um, so yeah, figure out what your goals actually are. Once you've done your big dream of what you want to achieve, you break that down into like goals and then you break those down into actionable steps. So practical example, that's not about drinking wine right now is that this year I wanted to, um, do a lot of visibility stuff. I wanted to get on more podcasts. I wanted to write more articles, just be more seen and heard um, in my kind of community, establish myself even more as an expert um, in the hope that this would lead to more clients um, statistically. And over the last few years, it's proven that, that this works for me. And so obviously I was going to go do international speaker workshops, etc. cannot do that. Now I have to go back to very much really basic. So I actually had to step out that I want to like triple my um, reach still in 2020. I've not changed that goal. I'm still remaining ambitious. So I've got that goal 
which ties into me wanting to help like hundreds of thousands of um, women and people around the world within the next 10 years. So the goal is to increase visibility, um, you know, triple that. And so then I actually break that down to, well, I'm going to do this many podcasts a month or a year or a quarter. I'm just going to write these many articles. I'm going to speak at these many online events. And then from that, I then need to break them down to actually actual tasks. Like, well, I need to get a podcast pitch. I need to know what podcasts I want to be on. I need to know what I want to say on those podcasts. Cause no, you probably shouldn't do just a copy and paste job. Um, you know, the same right. articles, how much time is it going to take me to write these articles? Do I get to, you know, have my bio in them? Well, then I need to write a bio that matches the article and the skill set. So I break them all down and that's how I get my ideal work day. That's how I get things done, etc. And then each point I check in with myself with like mindset, if I'm not wanting to do something, if the goal is like ridiculous and is that isn't actually manageable, then I look at how I can make things easier. Like I said, with Asana, that's probably a really roundabout way of how I kind of tackle it. But I guess, yeah, people come to me wanting these ridiculous goals all these ridiculous ideas and they're not actually established in who they are, what they want to achieve in any realistic, in any mindset work. And then they don't know how to map it out or put anything in place process systems wise to help them, which is kind of then when I come in and go, so $10,000 a month, huh? And right. they want to cry. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So I think it's so important. You hit on a couple of really key points about laying that foundation and understanding the why behind it yeah. all, because we are going to be spending extra time working on this thing, this side gig, this business. And so I think for you to be able to shine a light for another set of eyeballs on the project that you're working on and say, you know, hey, be really specific. And I love the acronym of SMART because it is so spot on because we can get lost in the, the fluff of everything and kind of lose our way a little bit. So I think that is really, really important, especially with all of the juggling that we're having to do now. Definitely. And I think a lot of people right now, which makes sense where, because we're living in a world or a space right now, I mean, I would argue business is like this quite a bit of uncertainty. Um, you know, we feel like we don't have security. I know lots of people uh, around the world and some of my peers, you know, have lost work um, both in their nine to five and in their business. And so let's acknowledge that first. Um, this does happen though in business after eight years, I have contracts that come and go, clients that disappear or hire in-house and I can't work with them anymore. So I'm not saying that now isn't significant, but I do want to raise the point that this is kind of a recurring thing in business and we do need to adapt. But I think right now, because we feel scared and uncertain, we're more likely to kind of go into our shell and want to have everything perfect because we can control this, right? I can control what purple I put on my logo. I can control like, you know, what activity I do. I can control what hashtag I use on Instagram. In the scheme of things though, does that matter? No. So you need to recognize when you're going into those tendencies and why, and when you need to just go with it. So, you know, I like send emails out and then I'll see a spelling mistake and I'm like, Oh, what ifs? Like I shouldn't as a copywriter have any spelling mistakes, but if it's on the occasion, no one even notices though. Let's be real. Like I just pointed out to a friend. She's like, I didn't even notice. I just loved your copy and 
she's like, I was already signing up before I even like finished reading the email. Like I didn't even see the spelling mistake. So again, recognizing what we kind of judge ourselves on is often not what others are seeing. Um, then they just don't care. Like they don't care about these little things right now. So if you're doing a side hustle and you're trying to get this off the ground, is it better that you launch a podcast and only have one episode planned or to wait until you have your original idea of 10 episodes planned, just launch it. And then if it takes an extra day, the following week to get it out, it takes an extra day. Like no one is going to notice or judge you right now more than ever. Now is the time to like test things, to try things, to use your creativity, to go well, today, I'm going to work on this. And tomorrow I'm going to work on that. How does that make me feel like for once we've actually got freedom and no one's, over analyzing us less so um, than we probably think before. So yeah, just go for it. It's so true. Oh, it's so true. And I love what you said about being able to see past those, those things that we, we think inherently are going to hold us back, but being able to just say, you know what, this is something that I know that I'm really passionate about. I know I, I love on your website. You said, I'm a millennial. I'm multi-passionate. <laughs> like, yeah, yep. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Me too. So I love that we could just kind of narrow down on one idea and let, let the world see it and just bring it out into the light. So I uh, want to touch a little bit more on your coaching program because I know it is a hot ticket right now and you're doing enrollment after Easter in April. Is this right? Tell me, give the audience just a little, uh, little teaser on your coaching. Sure. So if you're wanting to launch a service or a program right now, which I know lots of you are, because like I said, now is a great time to test stuff, but also we've got to be smart and strategic with where we can get our income. So if you've lost your income in other ways, it might be smart to try and put something in place. Um, like what I like to say is future-proof your business. So I lost work with in-person workshops, but I already had my online programs and I had lost a teaching gig for a while. Now I've got it back. That's a, another story, but you know, that had gone as well. And I was like, oh, how do I do this? So then I kind of re-pivoted and started offering some different programs. So if you're wanting to do that right now, but you're wanting the framework, you're wanting guidance on how to do that and one-on-one -on -one support, because there are a lot of things that go into that. Then I have my 12 week coaching program, the creative freedom method. So I, the idea is that by the end of the program, you will launch signature service or program and that you have everything you need to do that correctly. So you would have packaged it up correctly. You would have positioned your business correctly and then you would know how to promote it. So unfortunately, while I'm like, get something out there, you're going to test it. There are strategies in place that you need, like that you need to have in place that you can't just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks because right now no one's looking at the spaghetti unless you make them look at it. And so you're going to have to put some stuff in place. So yeah, I'm doing a big enrollment for that in April. So I work with clients all around the world. Um, yeah, it's a perfect time. So people do lots of stuff from launching podcasts to launching um, online workshops to, you know, copywriters to launch, you know, copywriting programs, everything you can think of. Um, it can be made to work for you. So yeah, if you're thinking about that and want the guidance, then I highly recommend checking it out or at least following me on Instagram 
I share lots of kind of like little snippets and stuff that will help guide you through this process. Yes, you absolutely do. Um, number one, definitely go follow Rachel on Instagram because you'll get all the goodness there. I'll also throw the link to Rachel's coaching program into the show notes so you guys can def- definitely go and check that out. I want to get into the never would I ever segment of the show where I like to ask every guest a never would I ever question. So Rachel, your question is when it comes to setting up my ideal workday, never would I ever work at the beach. I have tried Working at the beach, I know that's what, you know, as millennials, we supposedly aspire to, you know, the lifestyle. <laughs> I'm going to be real, guys. I tried it and I got sand in my laptop. I knocked my cocktail over. <laughs> I didn't get anything done. Like, I, I honestly, I didn't get anything done. And I was like, oh. So clearly, you know, you can take from this, um, this episode. So I've tried a lot of things and I've really been sad about the results because I've fallen into the trap of believing I can have a laptop lifestyle, but instead you can't see, but I'm currently in my bedroom. I have like a proper screen, a laptop. I have all of my equipment. I work from here and occasionally I might pop into a cafe to meet a friend, but I don't even work from a cafe. And the reason why I'm kind of making fun, but there is a point is that After six months to a year, if you're going to be doing this seriously, you actually need a proper workspace because again, you can work towards the mindset. I am going to work right now to do work. And then you can clock off. Even if like me, I literally swivel around, take two steps and sit on the couch and watch Netflix. I've clocked off for the day. And so this idea of working from cafes, beach, when you really get down to building like different programs, coaching, helping your clients, doing phone calls. I'm sorry, you can't be doing that from a cafe or from the beach. It's not, it's just not productive. It's in some ways, a lot of it's not professional. Um, You know, there's different sounds going on, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I never plan on working from the beach. I still travel two, three months of the year, but I make sure I have like a desk in my hotel and I might go out for breakfast, get some street food, come back, I'll smash up a couple of hours of work and then I'll leave, um, enjoy the day. But I also think we need to start separating to work from personal life again, to help with some of those mindset hurdles, um, burnout, etc. I've fallen into that trap where you can literally access me on my phone 24 seven laptop. And like I said, if I'm on the beach, not fun, and also when am I actually enjoying that lifestyle? Isn't that why I started my side hustle or job or business in the first place to actually sit there with my cocktail and look at the sea or is it to work with really bad lighting and sand and my laptop? I don't know. I think I want to choose the former. Right. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's such a great, uh, such a great analogy for what we're talking about. And I love it too, because it's not the answer that you would expect because there's so many things online that say, oh, well, break free from, from the office life. But you're right. You need to have a workspace. You need to have a place where you're in the zone, where you're able to just crank out the work that you need to get done. And that's just real life. That's what, that's what it's like to be a business owner. So 
Rachel, thank you so much for today. I appreciate you. I love the work that you do. And guys, definitely go start following Rachel. You're going to love all of the things that she posts. Very high value. All of her, go watch her Instagram stories. Go connect with her on her website. Uh, What other platforms? Um, I actually don't really use um, Facebook and Twitter so much for business anymore because my dream clients aren't hanging out there. But you can find me on LinkedIn if you want to look at my really professional videos. (laughs) (laughs) Professional in air quotes. And um, yeah, definitely send me a message if you're on Instagram or head to my website and send me an email. I get lots of emails um, from my community and I love it. I actually respond to every single one. So if you want to hang out on old school email, we can do that too. Yes. And I can uh, absolutely testify to the fact that Rachel answers all of her emails and her emails are really good too. So Rachel, thank you so much again. I hope you have a wonderful day and I know that I will be talking to you very soon. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Side Geek Central podcast. You can dive into the show notes for this episode and for all past episodes at SideGeekCentral.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you very soon. And by the way, keep up that side hustle because it looks good on you.